All right, lift your hands up and thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding. We receive your word with meekness. We humble ourselves for fresh revelation, fresh application of your word. We trust the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. We thank you, Lord, that the anointing that teaches us bring to our remembrance things that we may have forgotten. Thank you, Lord, for your word working mightily and effectually in us today. And we will not leave here the same in Jesus. Jesus name and everybody shout amen. amen. All right. You can sit down if you want to praise the Lord. Wow, man. I love that song. Praise God. This changes everything. Amen. The shampoo may not do it. Come on. And the, and the, and the skin lotion, you know, they say hey, this changes everything, but it really don't. Um, it may not even change your skin, but anyway, uh, when you're in Christ, this changes everything. Praise the Lord. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, open your Bible up there. We're going to talk about who you are, what you have in Christ. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and uh, it says, therefore, if any man, in other words, this will work for anybody, anywhere, anytime, no matter how bad or difficult your situation is, if anyone, if any person is in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new Creature, or the word creature, there is a new creation. And he says, Old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Praise the Lord. One translation says, A true Christian is not merely a man altered, but a man remade. In other words, Jesus doesn't just change a few things about you, Jesus changes everything. Everything changes. Amen. And so he makes you a new creature. And the word new literally means new in kind, kind or new kind of creature or new in quality or literally means unheard of before. (laughs) So you're a new kind of creature. In other words, God has created again and he recreated you in Christ, simply meaning God took what Jesus has done for us and he put into you the same stuff that he put into Christ. Amen. Amen. And he made you a new kind of creature that never existed before. Old things pass away. I mean, it's just as good a news for old things to pass away as it is for everything to become new because you don't want to keep both things hanging around. Amen. He didn't just bring the new stuff. He said, I'm getting rid of the old stuff. Amen. And so I love the chapter in Nahum chapter one, verse uh, seven, where it says this, the Lord is good, a stronghold, Nahum chapter one, verse seven, the day of trouble. And he knows them that trust in him. Verse eight, but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof and darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end and affliction shall not rise up the second time. So what he's saying here is God saying, I'm going to take the things you're dealing with and bring it to a complete end. Amen. Come on. He said, I'm going to bring it to a total complete end, an utter end. And he said, and it will not rise up again. Wow, man. 
Well, I don't know if there's any doctor that can tell you that, but Jesus can tell you that. He said, I can bring that situation in your face into a complete end. He said, and I'm going to chase it down and kill it, right? He said, and it'll never come back to harass you again. Praise the Lord. Who can do that? Well, Jesus can do that. In other words, bring whatever's harassing you and tormenting you, whether it's mental, emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's financial. He said, I'll bring that thing to a complete end. So he says, old things pass away. Woo! You'll never be free till you can get rid of some old stuff. Amen. You can never enter the new stuff till you get rid of the old stuff. So the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross brings old things to an end. Amen. It stops at the cross. It cannot follow you past the blood of Jesus. And you'll enforce that with the word of God. So he said, old things pass away. Amen. Now I look at Romans chapter six and verse six, cause he's talking about you being a new creature or a new man. And when we use the word new man, we're going to talk about being a new kind of human. That's what he's talking about. Man, new kind of mankind. He's not just talking about a new male or new kind of man. He's talking about a new kind of human that never existed before. In other words, Jesus reveals a new way to be human. All right, let's try that again. I said, Jesus revealed a new way to be human, a new kind of human. All right. Well, what's going to happen to the old one? Well, look at Romans chapter six and verse six. Paul says, knowing this, that our old man. All right. When he says old man, let's just say the old human. In other words, God says, we're fixing to get rid of the old kind of human. Now, why would God want to get rid of that old human? Well, you probably know the answer to that, but I mean, we can look at this right away. He said, I'm going to get rid of this old human, old kind of humanity. He says, how'd you get rid of him? He said, our old man is crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, just keep it on Romans 6, 6, just for a moment. Knowing this, when he says, know this, how did Paul know that? In other words, what Jesus did on the cross, Paul said, actually, Jesus was not just the only one dying there. The old human, the old kind of human was crucified with him. So when Jesus died on the cross, literally, he took us there with him and our old human died there. Our old man and whatever comes in with the old human, he said, is crucified with Christ. So when he says our old man is crucified with him and Paul said, I know this, then it simply means I know this. And it means I am conscious and aware. I know it for a fact, not just because I feel like it. I'm trying to make it so. He says, no, Jesus actually made this so. And now I know what he has done. So if you don't know what Christ has done for you, there'll be some stuff try to follow you. But if you go to the cross and say, I know what Jesus has done for me, then that's going to bring that stuff to an end. Our old man. Now let's look at some other translations of this because he ain't talking about your daddy and he ain't talking about your husband, the old man. Who is the old man? Well, really the Bible's about two men. Old man is really Adam in his fallen condition and the humanity produced by Adam. The new man is really Jesus Christ and the new kind of humanity produced by Jesus Christ. So the whole Bible is really about two men, old man, new man. Amen. And uh, I went to church and Bible college and boy, we studied every man, every person in the Bible. But really, if you don't understand these two men, you'll never understand the Bible. 
Come on, you can know about Abraham, Daniel, the lion's den, you know, and Samson, and you can know all about the Bible stories. But if you don't know about Adam and Christ, you'll never understand the Bible. Amen. Nor will you understand why Jesus died on the cross. So what happened on the cross? He said, our old man, who is that old man? I love these other translations, so if you would just uh, let me read them for a second, all right? Here's some of the old translations, and this is F.F. F. Bruce translation. He says, understand this, our old inherited self was crucified with him. Our old what? All right, so that means something must have been running in your family. Uh, I said, there must have been something running in your family. And if you go to a doctor, that's what they're going to tell you. They're going to ask you. Come on, they're going to say, did your daddy have this? Come on, did your mama have this? Come on, did your grandpa have this? And Because they'll say, most likely, if they had it, then you're next in line for it. But if you've been born again, come on now. Let's try that again. I said, if you've been born again, you say, no, that thing came to an utter end, a complete end at the cross. It will not come up again the second time. Amen. And so they'll, they'll try to trace that. Come on. Then people nowadays, they'll get on Ancestry.com. Come on, get on Ancestry.com. Come on. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. You send off, you know, a little blood sample or, you know, they can test your DNA and tell you that you're, you know, you're part, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever. Heinz 57, you know, your part, <laughs> who knows, right? <laughs> and you got all kinds of stuff in your DNA. But if you've been born again, man, you got the blood of Jesus in your DNA here. So we will send that off for a test and see what runs in your family. So uh, years ago, my, my, uh, my aunt, my dad's uh, sister, who was the only rich person in our family, her husband, uh, actually was her third husband, and so when she married him, uh, you know, he's a brilliant guy. Now he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he's, he liked to study. So he studied ancestry.com, right? So uh, my aunt's only rich one in the family. So I thought, wow, man, maybe one day she'll send me some money, you know, so I can, I could, you know, preach in Africa. Well, that didn't happen. But anyway, uh, uh, he called me up one day, my, my uncle-in-law or whatever he is. So he called me up and he said, uh, boy, I, I got some good news for you. And I thought, boy, he's finally going to send me some money. <laughs> and uh, he said, I've got an envelope. I'm gonna send, when he said envelope, I went, boy, that's it and getting to be good news. He sent me an envelope. And the conversation went downhill from there because he said, <laughs> he said, I've been studying Ancestry.com. And I thought, he said, I'm going to send you an envelope what I've been studying the last year. He said, and you ought to be happy. I proved that you're the 32nd great, 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 great grandson of King Robert II of Scotland. I said, I'd rather have 20 bucks, you know, so I could at least go get me something to eat. But he seemed to be all excited because I was in the lineage of, a, of, of royalty. I said, I could have told you that already. Come on now. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says, you are. All right, y'all got First Peter 2, 9. Put that up on the board real quick. He says, this is who you are. So you're not who your mama made you. Come on, he says, you are. He didn't say you're trying to be. He didn't say someday you're going to be if you're good enough. Once you make Jesus your Lord, he says, you are what? 
a chosen generation. First Peter 2, 9. If you can't get it right, at least don't put up the wrong stuff. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation. Second Samuel. Just turn it off. Listen. First Peter 2, 9. Am I speaking Swahili or what? First Peter 2, 9. You are, or don't put nothing up there. You are a chosen generation. Did you tell them to do that for me? I appreciate that. All right. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Well, you got that one. But it says, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God says you're already a royal priesthood. He says you're already royalty. Amen. And so he says, this is who you are. So being conscious of who you are in Christ. Well, what happened to your old man? He said, our old what? Inherited self. And come on, whether you like it or not, come on, some stuff was just born into you. Amen. You can be like the teenager that told his daddy, he's mad his daddy said, well, I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> his daddy said, well, if you had asked, we'd have said no. Listen. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> there's some stuff just born in you and whether you like it or not, one day you're going to walk by a mirror and look like your mama or your daddy. So I'm just telling you, there's some stuff that just passed on down, born into you. And uh, apparently your, your trouble did not start in the last few years. Right? Uh, that David said, I was actually conceived or born into sin or into iniquity. In other words, uh, the psalmist David said, this was a condition that came when I was born. It's kind of like the, the guy that went to the psychiatrist. Come on. The psychiatrist said, what's your problem? He said, well, I struggle, you know, with inferiority complex, you know. And he said, uh, I just feel inferior and I struggle with that all the time. And he, and he said, well, how long have you had this problem? He said, well, he said, I just feel like a dog. He said, well, how long you felt that way? He said, well, since I was a puppy. He said, I've been having this problem. He said, said, well, well, get on the couch and let's talk about it. He said, I'm not allowed. So you can see that some people have had a problem since they were a puppy, man. I mean, this is not some recent thing. You came out mad and you've been mad for a long time. Come on, and there's things you can see that literally, if you have more than one child, come on. Yeah. Come on, I got eight grandkids, and boy, there's some difference and all kinds of differences going on here. And so he says, really, your problem is, Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say you can just join the church. He didn't say you must be educated. Come on. He didn't say you really need money. He said, you're going to have to be born again. Because we got some trouble from the start here. So you're going to have to be born again. And one translation says you must be refathered. So when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you literally get born again. Y'all still here? Come on. The old stuff don't run in your family. And you've been refathered with the DNA that comes from God. And that's what runs in your family. Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter six, verse six, that would be Romans six, verse six, (laughs) says, knowing this, that our old man, our old inherited self 
was crucified with him. Listen now, so that the material with which sin had to operate might be put out of action. In other words, he said the old man that sin could dominate, that old man's condition was crucified so that sin can no longer dominate this new creation. The illustration I use is because we've got eight grandkids and they always want some sort of toy. And so you get them a toy, you know, that has these uh, uh, remote control, right? And so you have a remote control and they get a car. Now you get these uh, uh, things flying around, you know, and they get drones. Yeah. And then they get them. Wow. Isn't it? So uh, used to, you know, we just wound up our toys, you know, but now you got batteries and they got a remote. Well, one of the kids come on, got a hold of that, that remote and got a hold of that car and tore that car apart. And I tried to put it back together, but he couldn't, he couldn't get it to work. But the reason it wouldn't work is because when he tore the car apart, he actually removed the part that the remote controlled and responded to that car, responded to, to that signal. And the part that the signal, come on, went back to the remote had been removed. So the car just sat there. The moment you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that part of you that Satan could dominate and control was removed. So now when the devil pushes that button, you just sit there and say, that don't control me no more. You say, what happened? You say, that material was removed from me. So that signal is not working on the inside of me. So sin has no dominion over me. Satan has no dominion over me. Poverty cannot dominate me. Depression cannot dominate me because that part of me has been removed. Notice Paul said, I know this for a fact that my old man and that condition that Satan could dominate that kind of a human, he cannot dominate this kind of human. Because I'm a different kind. I said, I'm a different kind of human. He cannot dominate this kind of a human. Well, what kind of a human are you? Well, you're a new kind of a human that was produced by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. Go ahead and laugh just for a minute. Say, ha ha. Amen. So Paul says, I know this, Romans chapter six, verse six. And then he says, um, the next verse, he that is dead, come on, is free from sin. And then he says in Romans chapter six, verse 11, I think it is. He says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon, what's the word reckon mean? Reckon yourself to be what? Dead. He didn't say reckon yourself to be trying to do better. In other words, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better this year than I did last year. Come on now. Just. Now, things that controlled you, he said, now reckon yourself to be dead. Now, what's the word reckon mean? The word reckon is simply an accounting term. What does an accountant do? An accountant does not make the figures. That would be a bad accountant. An accountant just simply accurately records the figures. So he's saying, you don't have to make this so. Jesus made it so. You just need to accurately account that it is so. All right, let's try this out over here. Come on. You're not trying to make up those numbers. 
You're just accurately recording that Jesus did this for me and I was crucified with him and the old person I used to be is dead and gone. So I just reckon that to be so. He said, well, I don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with feeling like it because he said, knowing this. Come on, if you know you're going the right direction, you don't care how you feel. Come on, if you was on your way home today and you say, I just feel like I'm going the wrong direction. You say, shut up. I know where I'm going. Amen. Come on, you think I go up front in my jet and tell the pilots all the time, I just don't feel right about you going this direction. <laughs> they know where they're going. So God knows where you're going. God knows your destination. He knows what he did for you in Christ. He's not asking you to produce that. He's just asking you to agree with it. Let's try that again. I said, he's not asking you to produce it. Jesus produced it. You just agree with it. You reckon it to be so. How are you going to do that? Come on. We used to say, I reckon all the time. I reckon. Come on. That means I'm in agreement with that. I reckon that, right? How do you reckon that? You take these scriptures on your identification with Christ. And when the devil brings pictures of your past and feelings of your past, you get the word out and say, that old person I used to be is dead and gone. And God brought that to a complete end. And I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And I got new DNA on the inside of me. You're just bringing yourself into agreement with that. You're not trying to produce that because you couldn't produce it. Jesus produced it. Come on. So if you're trying to bring something to an end, come on, some bad stuff, and you want to bring that to an end, you can try harder. You can try rehab. Come on now. Nothing wrong with rehab as long as you get the cross in the middle of the rehab. Come on. Amen. But with your condition, God said, I'm really not going to be able to rehab you. I'm basically just going to have to kill you. And death will certainly bring some behavior to an end. But don't try to produce it yourself. We call that suicide. So you don't want to produce your own death. The problem with you trying to produce it is you cannot pull off a resurrection. But if Jesus produced a death for you and you died in his death, then his resurrection, come on, activates anything that's gone through his death. Amen. So the power of his death. <laughs> I laugh because one of my favorite illustrations, and it's, it's supposed to be a joke, but most people don't laugh at it. It's about the guy in the old West because I love to watch cowboy shows. My wife makes fun of me, you know, because I go home, I put it on the Western channel and I'm watching with gun smoke or something like that. You know? So I love old cowboy shows. <laughs> so they caught this guy stealing horses, you know, in the old West. And so they said, well, you get caught stealing horses. I mean, we're just going to hang you. So they got him up on the gallows. They're fixing to hang him. They said, do you have any last words? And he said, this sure am going to teach me a lesson. (laughs) See, people don't laugh at that. They're like, what do you mean by that? Listen, what... What that means is all of his life he'd been doing bad stuff and his mama kept saying, this ought to teach you a lesson. He said, when he gets hung, this is really going to teach him a lesson. What does that mean? It's going to bring that behavior to a total end. 
So God said, I'm fixing to teach you a lesson. Come on, you messed up enough stuff, so we're just going to take you to the cross and you're going to die with Christ. Come on now. And in three days, Jesus raised from the dead and makes you a new creature. <laughs> All right, go back to Romans 6. 6. Well, we got to go to verse 14 while we're here and then we'll go back to 16. Uh, Romans 6, 14. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. So that's your confession. Even if you don't feel like it, you say, sin Amen. has no dominion over me. Amen. Because the problem with sin is it don't want to just mess with you a little bit. It wants to dominate you. Amen. All right, let's try this out over here. Come on. Let's I said, sin, come on, they used to say this, sin will always take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And it will hold you longer than you want to stay. Come on, the devil makes it look like it's going to be fun. But no, no, he's going he to take you further than you wanted to go. It's going to cost you a lot more than you plan on paying. And he's going to keep you there a lot longer than you plan on staying. So he says something about this old man being crucified that sin can no longer have dominion over you. Sin, what's he talking about? Sin. Sin, old habits, bad habits, come on, things that control your behavior, things you don't even like about yourself. Boy, that got quiet just for a moment, didn't it? I said, things you don't even like about yourself. So that ticks me off. I did that again. He says, through the power of the blood of Jesus, he said, sin cannot dominate you. God brings that situation to an end. That doesn't mean that it'll never happen again. It just means it will no longer control your life again. That means he'll bring that thing to an end. Can't control you. Old habits, bad habits can no longer dominate or have control over you. Cannot dominate your mind, your attitude, your future, your family. Come on, your marriage. Come on, your children, your grandchildren. He says the power of sin has been broken. Jesus brought an end to sin. How did he do it? Through the power of the cross, through the power of his blood. Well, you ought to just laugh for a minute because of... Because the devil will tell you this situation you're in now, you'll be in it for the rest of your life. But Jesus tells you that thing comes to an end and you go free in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and laugh just a minute and say, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Well, if sin, notice he uses the word sin, not plural. Not just sins. But sin that produced the sins. The condition that produced that cannot dominate you. And whatever came in through that sin. All right, let's try this out over here. Because once the sin doors open, it's going to bring some guests in with it. I mean, you just plan on letting one of them in, but they brought in a few friends. All right, I got, I wish some of y'all could see what I got to look at while I'm preaching. Listen, I'm going to have to hold up a mirror and you're like, my God. That's just, sin, come on, you are no longer helpless and a victim 
of uncontrolled behavior. Come on. Hallelujah. That is true. That you just say, I, I can't, I can't stop it. It's just the way I am. That is a lie. The moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, this thing comes to an end. All right, let's try that. Come on, you say, I just can't stop it. You just don't know. I just can't handle it. It's just, I just can't take it. This feeling comes, and I just can't stop it. I can't. That's a lie from hell. You go to the blood of Jesus and say, that situation will no longer control my life. Why? Because it's actually stopping you from your divine destiny. But the blood of Jesus stops that and brings it to an end. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin, including what came in through sin. Come on, because Adam never was sick. Come on. He never was depressed. He never had no poverty until sin came in. So if you can bring sin's dominion to an end, then everything produced by sin that means sickness, cancer, disease, depression, and shame, and poverty, and everything sin produced must come to an end. Boy, you ought to get happy already. I said, I got that's coming to an end. He said, it's not only coming to an end. He said, I'm going to wipe it out so bad, it'll never get up again. Man, I'm telling you, praise the Lord. That's the power of who you are in Christ. The power of the cross. Old things pass away. Behold, everything has become new. Now we'll get to that in just a second. Romans 6, 6. Let me finish reading these different translations real quickly here. Here's what Barclay translation says. We are well aware. Everybody say, I know this. I'm aware of this. And here's what he says. The old person we were in our pre-Christian days has been crucified with him so that our sin-dominated personalities might be destroyed and we are released from slavery to sin. Amen. My old sin-dominated personality. All right, well, let's just try this out because I, I know we got lots of personalities. The personalities that come with the person. And you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving. The problem is you've got to take your personality with you. <laughs> so you can move all the way to California, but you'll still attract the same mess you got here. Because your personality. What is that? That stuff that came in through that person. But once that old person is crucified, he said our old sin-dominated personality a lot of people say, well, that's just my personality. <laughs> really? It might be the conglomeration of the mess you've been through. You've been pulled through a knothole backwards. Come on now. He said, if you knew what I've been through, you'd know why I'm the way that I am. Well, if you knew what Jesus had been through, you'd know why he's able to change the way you are. All right, all right, come on now. I said, if, if you knew what Jesus went through for you, he can change your personality. Yes, he can. 
All right, let's try this out. I said he can change your personality. You're, you're not stuck with the personality you got. Don't look at anybody right now, but I'm just telling you, you ain't stuck with that personality. Come on, the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and gentleness. Come on now, those things come up out of your spirit. That's new creation stuff. Don't ever conclude that you cannot change. Amen. Don't ever conclude that that's just the way I am. Come on, because my dad and four deacons had to come get me out of jail when I was 17 years old. Preacher's kids have trouble because they run around with deacon's kids. So I'm, I'm in jail. Come on, you sit in jail for a while. Come on now. And the jailhouse talk. Come on. And then you can conclude that there's something about me, come on, that gets me in the wrong crowd. I was with the wrong people at the wrong time. That's exactly what their mama said about their son, and you was one of the wrong ones. So listen, so I was in the wrong... Listen, I was the kid the mamas told the other kids, stay away from that kid, you end up in jail. You know what that means? That means he has a propensity to end up in trouble. They said, we can see it in your eyes. What's that? Trouble. That means you got a propensity. What does that mean? You are bent that way. Headed for trouble. But if you ever believe that lie, all right, let's try that. I said, if you ever believe that lie, but the moment you go to Jesus, your old nature is moved out. The old person used to be moved out. One translation says your old sin loving nature was crucified. That don't mean that you won't ever sin again. That just means you ain't never going to enjoy it again. Let's try that again. I said, you used to do it and like it, but the moment you make Jesus your Lord, you say, I hate it. Why? Because you got a new nature on the inside of you. That don't dominate you anymore. You don't have to live that way. Go ahead and laugh just for a minute. Say, huh? You've been born again. Uh-huh. Now listen close. It's your spirit that's joined to Christ. That don't mean that you don't have trouble with your peanut brain, your head. And your body, your flesh, you'll still want to do some of the same stuff it used to do. But your spirit, that's the real you. That's the eternal part of you. That's where you, God said, I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to put a new heart in you. You'll have to do something about your mind. You do something about your flesh, come on. But that's no longer your identity. Your identity comes from your spirit. Yes, amen. Let me give you an illustration real quickly. Woo! One translation actually uses this phrase. It says, your spirit is instinct with life because of righteousness. Your spirit's instinct with life. What does that mean? Just take the word instinct. What does the word instinct mean? Animals have certain instincts. 
that are literally just born in behavior. They don't go to school for that. You know, they say that a, that a, a honeybee will do a certain dance whenever it finds food and the other bees follow that dance to that food. They never went to dancing class. I mean, Disney World, we tried to figure out how to make a movie out of this, send me some money. But anyway, I said they never went to dan- dancing class. What is that? That's an instinct born into them. And you can see that in all different kinds of animals, like an inborn genius of how to survive, how to find their way. And, and butterflies come all the way from Canada and find a certain tree in California every year by instinct, no GPS. A salmon may, fly, may, may swim 2,000 miles to find the original stream that it was born in by instinct. Y'all still here? That's pretty good because I can't even find the bread in the supermarket. I mean, I'm like, where's the bread? All right, so now, by instinct, (laughs) by instinct, here's the illustration I like to use because did you know a racehorse, a thoroughbred, has a born in, comes in the bloodline. Come on, I said it's in the blood I'm born in. And he knows he's different. Come on. That's good. Me too. Thoroughbred. Born in. Come on now. They even check the bloodline. Come on. I think as secretary, it's the greatest racehorse ever, greatest thoroughbred ever. And in one race a few years ago, they said there was what? 11 descendants of secretariat in that one race. In other words, everybody wants to buy a coat from that bloodline. Because championship is born in. Well, what if your blood came from Jesus? Come on now and stuff got born into you. Come on. Come on, quit acting like a donkey. You ain't no mule. Come on now, you're thoroughbred. Boy, it's good news, I'm telling you. This is good news. Now, the instinct that's in the thoroughbred, come on. Quit acting like, well, I'm just a mule. I'm just a donkey, and the other word for donkey. But listen. You know what that is? It's in the Bible, so it's not cussing. So if you can use it on somebody, that's a scripture now. Lord, forgive me. But anyway. All right, let's move on. What time is it? I'm sorry, I totally lost time. Now, here's what the word. Here's what the word instinct. Now, in, in Louisiana and, and Texas too, but in Louisiana, we had uh, outside dogs. We don't care much for you know, no chihuahuas and stuff like that. Too. Amen, brother. Uh, uh, poodles and stuff like that. That ain't no dog. That's a Christian science dog. You just think you got a dog. Now, so we like, we had Ryan. <laughs> y'all, y'all ever heard Jerry Clower? Y'all ever heard Jerry Clower? Just tell those funny stories, you know, from Mississippi. And so Jerry Clower, he had this one story about two guys from Mississippi that lived out in the country, you know, and they're rednecks. And so uh, they both had really good dogs. So they took their dogs to a dog show. 
right? And so they went to a dog show in Jackson, Mississippi, big town. They ain't never been there before. And so one of them had a um, German Shepherd, and one of them had a Chihuahua. So, <clears throat> so these are these are these are champions. So they took him there. And so they said to him, "Now, if you're going to go to Jackson, there's a five-star hotel up there. And so don't you leave Jackson until you see that hotel. So you got to see it before you leave town because it's five stars, richy, ditzy, fancy, dancy, sure enough, better than you. So it's a five-star hotel." So he said, uh, you got to see that. So after the, after the show, these two guys, rednecks sitting, standing on the corner of the street, they said, well, we got to go see that five-star hotel. We got to go see that. So well, how are we going to get in there? We got these dogs. How are we going to get in there, man? The five-star, they got a doorman here. Ain't gonna, they won't let us in there, I'll bet you. And so the, the guy with the German Shepherd, he said, well, look, you just follow me and do what I do, and we're going to see this hotel before we leave. So the guy, German Shepherd, walked up there, and the doorman stopped him and said, sir, sir, excuse me. Sorry, five-star hotel. We don't allow any animals and no dogs in here. So the guy says, uh, he says to Dormy, he says, sorry, sir. He said, this is this I got. is my CNI dog. I got it from the CNI Society. And I'm sure you would not discriminate. Right? He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You can go ahead and come on in. So he comes into the German show. So his friend walks up there behind him. He got that chihuahua. Doorman stops him, says, sorry, sir, it's a five-star hotel. We don't allow no animals, no dogs in here. He said, sir, he said, this is my CNI dog I got from CNI Society, and I'm sure you would not discriminate. The doorman said, don't tell me that a chihuahua is a CNI dog. And the guy went, what? They gave me a chihuahua? Some of y'all act like God gave you a chihuahua when you got saved. You're like, why? He gave me a chihuahua. So in Louisiana, Trent and I, we've always had these, um, well, we had what? Weimaraners. Then we had uh, the dog with the wrinkly. Sharpay. And then we had. The Retrievers. Iris Setter. No, I know Iris Setter. <laughs> he used to work for me. He must have run off because I didn't see him. Anyway, so, so, so we get black, black Labrador Retriever. Then we got a chocolate one, beautiful dogs and great outside dogs, great children dogs, you know. And so Labrador Retriever has the instinct born into them, an inborn pattern of behavior. Which means, if there's a pond, if there's some water, if you throw a ball, you throw a stick, come on. That Labrador is headed for the water. You say, why? Born into it. They say that a Labrador retriever literally has a greater desire to please its owner than the owner even has the desire to try to make it obedient. Labrador Retrievers are a fantastic dog. So we bought some good Labrador Retrievers. Well, even though it's a Labrador Retriever, come on, and there's duck hunting in Louisiana, that dog will not automatically go get a duck. 
because we go out duck hunting, some places where guys will go out with us and guides, and they'll have a couple of Labrador retrievers that are trained. They are trained amazing. I mean, that dog won't move until the guide tells them to move. And then when that dog hits the water, that, that uh, uh, guide can whistle, come on, and point left, point right, go further. That Labrador will go out there and find that duck. Now listen, even though he had an instinct, an inborn pattern of behavior, he still had to be trained. But the only reason he could be trained was because he had the inborn pattern of behavior. Come on, so just because you're a new creature don't mean you don't need to be trained. But the only reason you can be trained is because you've got a new nature, a new instinct on the inside of you. And now your desire is to please God, come on, as much as his desire is for you to be trained. Come on, that's in your spirit, that's in your heart. That's on the inside of you. And when you get born again, your spirit is instinct with the life of Christ. The love of God. Come on, you can act mean and hateful, but on the inside of you, something to say, that ain't right and you need to stop it. Because the love of God, God's nature is on the inside of you. The life of God, the righteousness of God, that's already in you. But that don't mean that you don't need to be trained. But that does mean you can be trained. So if the devil says that's just the way you are, you say that ain't the way I am anymore. Because God put a new heart in me, a new spirit in me. He put his life in me, the same life that he gave to Christ. He put that life on the inside of me. My spirit is alive with the same identical life that raised Christ from the dead. Same nature, same authority, same blessing that's in Christ. If any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. All things have passed away. Everything has become new. The definition of you has been changed. You say, that's just the way I am. No, that ain't the way you are. Your body may want to act that way, but that ain't you. Paul said, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Come on, that means you can get your body. Your body says, I feel like I feel like this. You tell your body, say, look, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. I got that from Sanford and Son. But listen. Sanford, Sanford told Aunt Esther, if I want anything out of you, I'll knock it out. Listen. So, so your body's always offering its opinion and how it feels. Come on, you know if you're, you like to run, if you like to exercise, you like to lift weights, your body's always telling you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't, you can't last another minute. You say, shut up. You fix to go another 30 minutes just because you said that. <laughs> Come on. In other words, your body can no longer dominate you, nor set the limitations of your life. Oh, yeah. Your spirit is joined to Christ. I said, your spirit is joined to Christ through the power of the word of God. You've been born again of an incorruptible seed of the word of God. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. 
lives on the inside of you. Don't let your flesh and your natural mind drag you back into your past. You say, no, God, by the blood of Jesus, has brought that to an end. Come on, I know you think you got some other way and some other plan, but a lot of people have lived and died and that other way never worked. But the cross of Jesus Christ will always work. Come on, you say, I need a change, I got a change, I got to go. come on now. Sin taking you further than you wanted to go. How are you gonna stop that? Come on. That's what they say about cocaine. Come on now, crack. Don't ever take one because you'll never stop. Why, it's going to take you further than you plan on going. Come on, your friends had to take one of these. Come on, smoke a little of this. It's going to take you further than you wanted to go till you end up in a ditch somewhere. Appetites you cannot control. But the blood of Jesus Christ can bring that thing to an end. That old man was crucified, dead. Come on now. By the blood of Jesus, he brought that to an end. Your identification with Christ. All the way from drug addiction. Come on. All the way to anger. No, let me tell them, people, you lack real nice, but boy, you get on the wrong side of somebody, boy, they're angry, they'll throw fits, come on, and they'll be 70 years old acting like they was four years old. Somebody said, well, he's going to grow out of that. You don't grow out of that mess. You can take it to the cross, but you're going to be just as ugly at 40, 50, 60 as you was when you was eight years old acting like a fool. Listen. But if you go to God and just say, Lord, your mercy, your grace, that you love me, Jesus died for me. That means in my place, I was identified with him. To bring that old man and that old sinful self, to bring it to an end. You'll never escape any other way. There is no other escape. Some guy wrote a song years ago. I escaped to the light through a hole in the night that I found in an empty tomb. No way out of that darkness, but an empty tomb in the death of Christ. I escaped to the light through a hole in the night that I found in Christ. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, that he brings freedom, complete freedom by the blood of Jesus. Did y'all learn anything today? Lift your hands up and thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Everybody say, I know this. My old man, my old inherited self, my old sin-dominated personality. The old person I used to be was crucified with Christ to bring that to an end. Sin cannot dominate me. I reckon myself to be dead. I reckon myself to be dead. One translation says inert 
and motionless as a corpse. So whatever tempted you, come on, when you're in that box, it's your funeral. You did. Come on, they can walk by there, short skirt and all. You won't even look. Because you did. Uh, I said, you're dead. They try to tempt you, say, excuse me, I'm dead. You say, I'm sorry. You say, I'm not. I was crucified with Christ. I'm dead. So somebody try to offer you some drugs. You say, I'm sorry, that guy died. You say, well, you look just like him. Yeah, but it ain't me. I can tell you that because that guy died. Come on. No kind of self-help can do this. But the cross of Jesus Christ. I said the blood of Jesus Christ. He brings it to an end. He makes you a new creature. He puts a new heart in you. A new spirit in you. That don't mean you don't have no trouble. That just means but now you can be trained. Because champion runs in your blood. Royalties in your blood. Praise the Lord. Let me pray with you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody looking around just for a moment. We don't want anyone to leave today that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're not talking about joining the church. We're not talking about trying to be a good person. We're not talking about even trying to change yourself. You just come to Jesus just as I am. You say, Lord, here I am with all that I am, all my mess, all my troubles. You come to Jesus just like you are. And on the cross, he loves you even while you were yet a sinner. He died for you. He took your place. No one ever cared for you like Jesus. There's no one living that could care for you like Jesus. He gave himself for you. In your darkest, deepest hour, Christ died in your behalf. He loves you. He's the only one who could take your place, took your sin, your shame, your guilt, on the cross. You may be mad at everybody, but let me tell you this. Jesus loved you unconditionally. When you come to him, Jesus said, if you'll come to me, I'll give you a rest. I'll put a new heart in you, a new spirit. Church can't do that for you. No preacher can do that for you. But Jesus Christ died for you. And he was raised from the dead to give you eternal life, new heart, new spirit. If you're here today and you say, please pray for me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want to receive Christ as my Lord and my Savior. If you've never done that, today is the day of salvation. Your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If anybody here like that, you say, pray for me today. I want to receive Jesus. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.